Cornmill. Let's do it. Demon Keep it spicy. If you see a queen, you better wife it. Uh, while we little than a lighter, makes things much brighter. That's why you gotta keep it spicy. You gotta keep it spicy. First off, happy New Year, and and thanks so much for for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and happy New Year to you too. I was under the impression that you were a big Ethereum guy. And then you move to um, to Bitcoin Cash, but as we were talking pre-show here, uh, there's a little bit more involved in your your evolution. Um, can you kind of get into sort of how you found uh, Bitcoin Cash, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit more about what you're doing uh, with regard to Bcash and Mitra and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 stick with Mitra because that's like the American R, and <laughs> then nobody has to be pressured into pronouncing it uh, like in some, uh, what's it called, uh, Indo-Iranian uh, accent. <laughs> sure, yeah. and also that was true with your first name, right? Is it, in German, it would be Tobias, right? Yeah, we would say Tobias, but I'm very liberal regarding the pronunciation <laughs> of my name. Very good. Well, the reason I'm laughing is because... Uh, Tobias Tobias and I uh, had a conversation before about the, uh, the the ugly American stereotype and how we were so chauvinistic on my side of the uh, uh, the pond that we tend to uh, just assume everything you know is, it fits into our little box here. So that's why I was teasing him. Um, so very cool. Um, go go ahead and kind of let us know how how you got here. So yeah, so I started to become like a tech guy at like three months and started like programming when I was like 12 years old and wow. we got these uh, graphics calculators in school which were programmable and I made all sorts of stupid uh, like little games that kind of worked and uh, yeah and that got me like into this whole thing then I think the first time I heard about Bitcoin just just heard about it was 2012 from some blog post from some German uh, blog poster, but I, I thought it was stupid, so I didn't like follow up on it. <laughs> but uh, over time, I, I heard more and more about it and got more and more interested uh, about it. Yeah, and also when I first heard about it, I was like 17 years old, so I hope I'm excused. But um, yeah, then especially during my bachelor's, um, I got very interested in the technology part of uh, uh, Bitcoin. I, I wasn't too much of a libertarian back then, but just the tech part was really interesting. And I wanted to figure out how it actually works. So then later I became a libertarian, actually. Uh, so I, um, I turned from being mostly unpolitical to... Uh, like this, have you heard of the Venus Project Zeitgeist thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then that, that captured me some uh, other student at the summer job at a like car manufacturer. Uh, you can maybe guess which one of them uh, introduced me to it. And then uh, like uh, introduced me to it after I finished high school. And after that, it was like, okay, yeah, like the central banking thing doesn't really work. Like like I was taught it would work. And then I kind of was a bit a bit lost and tried all sorts of uh, philosophies. And I actually moved a bit more and more left. Um, but then I stumbled upon some like libertarian videos and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's like the thing. And I turned to uh, libertarianism within like two weeks. So, uh, wow that that was very intense for me but i finally found something that's like consistent with with me and like you know that that where and i find myself difficult right for i mean someone in germany and in europe in particular mm. uh to be a libertarian as far as you know again the stereotypes over here are that you guys are all into boutique uh, socialism of one kind or another and uh, yeah for all of the permissiveness that we accord uh, central europe and so on um 
you know, economic freedom is not one of them. So that's really interesting. Is it difficult to be a libertarian there? Um, yeah, if you shut up. I mean... Uh, right, so if you, don't, if you don't say anything. Yeah, I mean, if you... Like, people maybe frown, frown about it. But, I mean, there are Students for Liberty in Europe. And so there is a community behind that. And now with the crypto stuff, I think it picked up more. But back like a couple of years ago, I think it was a very fringe, very fringe thing. And even the, like we have the liberal, in, in uh, Europe, liberal actually means like classically liberal. So yes. it doesn't have like this, I don't know, uh, new socialist uh, connotation. And like the liberal, liberal party, uh, they are like pro-business, but they are like also for subsidies and like state education and um, uh, all, all, that, all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it's That's very it confusing like. for, um, for American listeners because we're so um, taught over here that liberal means something along the line of quasi-socialist uh, Democrat. Yeah. Whereas, of course, it's the, opposite. Yeah. Right. The classical meaning of that is the you know the uh, Austro-libertarian tradition, uh, Mises, uh, Hayek, and so on, um, which is the true meaning of of that word. And in other words, to free uh, economics. But then you have that inherent contradiction, as you spoke to, um, where you are, where it's similar, very much similar here to the conservatives. Uh, in that they also believe in a kind of weird sort of state subsidy. So yeah, really, yeah. So it seems like you sort of already connected it, but the, the cryptocurrency and libertarianism kind of went hand in hand for you. Yeah, exactly. So I knew about uh, crypto before I knew about libertarianism. And I actually was quite surprised that libertarianism was this big thing because I never even heard the term, um, even in German, uh, for like the whole whole of my life, so there was like, oh wait, this is actually like a big thing. That's really uh, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it's more of a term in like uh, America. Like everybody seems to know the term. Yeah, yeah, I found that uh, I found that as well, uh, and it's still kind of a, a fringy uh, type movement here as well. Um, very interesting. So you get into Bitcoin, which today I guess we call BTC, and then um, yeah. how does how does that go? So then I like I had made my bachelor's at HP. Germany, we have something called dual study, where you like work for three months at a company and they pay you like not the highest wage, but uh, it's something. And then you study three months and like always alternating. And then at the end, you get your bachelor's. And there in my last like, uh, let's call it internship, paid internship, I I got a Ethereum guy. Like he, well, I, I didn't work at his place, but I was very close to his place, like his cubicle. And so we always chatted about crypto and he was very, very enthusiastic about uh, Bitcoin and especially Ethereum. And he got some students to do smart contracts in Solidity. So um, that was very like getting into the technical stuff uh, there. And uh but yeah then the dao hack happened and i kind of lost uh interest into in like crypto stuff because yeah everything didn't seem to work so bitcoin didn't work because of the one megabyte limit ethereum doesn't really work because of the hack and then later the relatively high fees at least for the cash use case high fees mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for for the for for a developer for someone who's sort of a geek uh, uh, about coding and programming and so on. Ethereum is just a, a Disneyland, right? It's just yeah. so many things going on. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. And I hope that we can build the same thing on uh, Bitcoin Cash. And, but we'll, we'll get uh, into that later with Mitra and uh, other, the other things. So yeah, then um, Bitcoin Cash happened and I, I never heard about Bitcoin Cash and I actually sold all my coins immediately. And uh, then uh, Segwit2x didn't happen and that was very, very confusing for me because like Segwit2x just seemed completely self-evident for me. <laughs> like uh, I was not a big blocker, but I was a non-small blocker, <laughs> if that makes sense. Sure, but, sure. And, and that was sort then of the I heard, measure, right? The, the compromise that was supposed yeah. to... Keep everybody in the same camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and um, by but by, by then I learned more and more about like the Lightning Network, and it never really made sense to me because it seemed so <laughs> unscalable. Uh, and like to get something big going, and then I actually watched videos by Roger. I think I told him that in person already that he made me go into uh, Bitcoin Cash like really like full full steam. Uh, I, I mean, it 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 got. Uh, I was more of a lurker for the most time. Then, yeah. Then I got more into Bitcoin Cash. Uh, so let's let's get into that right away. I uh, I made the on-chain chess posts. Uh, I think Bitcoin.com wrote an article on that. Probably, yeah. Yeah. You you heard about that? The on-chain chess uh, post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. What about Bitcoin Cash attracted you in particular? So you're this mm. Bitcoin guy, BTC guy, and then you 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 fall into the rabbit hole that is Ethereum, get a little disillusioned. Uh, Roger's making more sense. It sort of coincides with your your libertarian leanings. And but so you you definitely see early on potential there, not only as a as a, a, a political construct, but also something to build on, right? Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, what what convinced me was like, um, since I always was like a non-small blocker, I was like, oh yeah, it actually makes sense from a te- from a purely technological and uh, yeah, pr- purely technological to be like, okay, we can we can raise the block size because uh, the market. Uh, I mean, I mean, not the market. That was an economic argument, but in, but I mean. Like if you do the numbers, if you look at, okay, how many transactions can you actually verify on a media machine that's like not that big, then it gets like, you can easily do 32 megabyte blocks and maybe even more. Like the gigabyte testnet was able to crank out some uh, bigger blocks. But uh, those, like this empirical evidence was very compelling for me to be like, oh yeah, you can actually can actually raise uh, the block size to more um, to higher levels. Um, yeah, after the BSV, I was a bit more okay. Yeah, maybe 32 max is fine for now. We don't need to rush uh, into small, bigger blocks than uh, we already have. But it was mostly the that technological argument that convinced me, and also like the economics argument, like the um, if we have more usage, then there will be more um, like more money that can be invested into the infrastructure, so the infrastructure can handle more. Um, yeah, and then I was like, okay, boom, Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, and that seems to be, um, I, I guess that building the plane as you're flying it aspect of Bitcoin Cash seems to be very attractive to uh, to developers who are, uh, again, as you say, kind of libertarian um, in their orientation and uh, looking for medium of exchange. Yes, um, yes. You know, kind of cash aspect to, to cryptocurrency. So very cool. So you, you begin experimenting um, on chain and, and how do those kind of lead you to, to where you are now? So, yeah, as I said, um, I wrote the on-chain chess post, which then kind of inspired Carol Cheshkovsky to do some cool stuff. Then later, I made menu.cash, which wasn't really able to gain traction because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I could have been more into the marketing, but uh, yeah. And uh, yet and later, I wrote with uh, Alex from Sweden. Uh, slpdex.cash maybe you heard about that uh, the uh, slp guys have been very excited about it and for that that was my first like really useful uh, smart contract that i wrote it was um like the first iteration was the slp agora which was a bit simpler and then slpdex allowed uh, partial traits um, so we could uh, accept a trade partially, and all of that is on chain. So you don't even have to be uh, uh, online. Like the um, seller doesn't have to be online; they can just grab the UTXO on chain and send the uh, stuff, uh, like the uh, asked amount, to mm-hmm. the seller. 
And and you yeah. you might have already explained it, but why would the SLP, the Simple Ledger Protocol uh, token guys, um, why would they be particularly interested in that? The, the like SLP is was designed as a like simple thing. I mean that's in the name. It's not a minor enforced, and it doesn't have like cool features. It's literally just okay. You can send this amount to another place, and uh, then basically I come along and be like, oh hey guys, you can actually write a smart contract where you can buy uh, tokens via uh, with a Bitcoin Cash on chain and you don't uh, like and all of that is enforced directly on bitcoin cash and so it's like oh yeah like for them it was likely very like surprising that this was even possible and you can see that in the fact that uh, slp uses big endian numbers and all of bitcoin uses a little endian numbers so it wasn't really made to be compatible with bitcoin it was more made to be compatible with like infrastructure of for wallets and stuff like that so mm. yeah it's very cool that i think that it's very cool that that is even possible to do and all of that is possible due to the object data sick uh opcode which uh has just been such a like such a powerful thing for bitcoin to uh yeah for bitcoin cash to have it is and uh we're it's it's been invading um, really all of our conversations at CoinSpice. Um, every time we do a podcast or um, we yeah. write about an issue related to Bitcoin Cash, object uh, that I said comes right back um, into the conversation. So very very cool. Uh, from there, um, how what sort of I, I, that must spark you to uh, as you get you know, positive feedback from the SLP guys and and uh, good press. Uh, relative uh, to to what you're doing, that must sort of spur you on uh, to do. Yeah, it. definitely. So I was like, oh yeah, this is actually like well received, and people like it, and people want to see more. And I like got more like followers on Twitter, and people, and I get more uh, engagement with uh, people. And then actually, I got like I think emergent reasons or something wrote to me i was like hey do you want to go to the conference in australia and i was like oh no i i i, I can't like that's that's too far and then uh like i got I, I actually got sponsored to to go there which was very cool so um, people helped out there this is the, uh, the, the bitcoin cash city conference yes exactly in, in australia in townsville yeah, that, 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 was that, that was really cool yeah, definitely. And I look very forward uh, to the next one uh, this year. So I'll definitely attend that one, even though the getting there is like super, super difficult. For yeah. I, I heard some of the, uh, the, the connections and, and, you know, the hours and hours and hours upon. Uh, upon yeah, I think I was up on the list. I wasn't the, like the, uh, I, I didn't take the longest time, but it was, it was close. <laughs> <laughs> to get there but, like all the european guys it, right exactly and but it was there interestingly enough that even i back uh, here in the united states began to hear, hear rumblings about some either point of sale inefficiencies or just weird quirks because in townsville um one of the most i guess intriguing aspects of that conference um that you attended was the fact that a lot of merchants and services were you know using bitcoin cash and you could pretty much um, basically live on it there um so it wasn't just a theoretical conference where you go just to listen to uh to lectures and you know you go home um you actually participated in it but there were there were some interesting hiccups that happened did did you hear about those or participate in those when people tried to use bitcoin cash uh, with merch yeah I, I actually was I, I had two experiences so the first one was when i was uh, like i just arrived i i had like the the first developer congress i i actually just stepped out of my plane and then immediately to the congress which was uh, very refreshing and uh, after that, I went to like the first um, restaurant that had uh, that accepted Bitcoin Cash, and I was uh, was very excited. And I got up to the counter, and then I looked at my phone, and of course, I didn't have any roaming, no no internet at all. 
But luckily, I was like, I turned around and I was like, hey, there was some uh, Australian uh, mate. And I could uh, like, ah, oh, can you quickly just share uh, internet with me? And uh, then I was able to pay with Bitcoin Cash. But uh, that basically gave me like a primer of like, if I had paid with a credit card, I wouldn't have to like turn around and uh, ask for internet. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's I kind of relied on other people. Yeah, it's one of those weaknesses that maybe you know, we, we tend to, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of this as anybody, um, you know, look at the successes and not the, the little deviations. And the, so it's, it's, it's very easy to get hyped up on, um, on uh, a lot of, you know, how well Bitcoin Cash works, but it, mm. it works within a certain set of parameters. And yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of what happened with Roger Veer when he was in um, Slovenia. And he was making a video and he was at a grocery store or whatever and he was getting these basic things. And then it took a second, uh, you know, not a second, but it took a little bit longer, <laughs> uh, a couple Mississippis, as we like to say here in the United States, yeah. <laughs> uh, before things went through. And, you know, a lot of people were chiding, you know, it's not fast. It's, you know, you said it's fast. And Roger admitted, he's like, well, you know, the internet here is different from that in Tokyo. And there's, you know, and that was a, a really interesting um, problem for someone like you, right? So you, you, yes, wait a second. That's actually a problem. Yeah. And yeah, the second occurrence was when I was with Chris Pacia and Cindy Fang at a Thai restaurant. And then there was some quirk at either the wallet or the point of sale system, and it didn't pick up the transaction. So we thought it was a problem with the wallet. So we just sent it again. And then um, then it went through. But later, like one minute later, we checked. And then actually both transactions went through, mm. which is which is even worse, I guess, because we basically paid double yes. for uh, yeah. for our whole meal. And um, yeah, that, that that was just like, I was like, man, this, this is such, this, this is like, this can't be. This is... Uh, this shouldn't be the case for a Bitcoin Cash. It was probably more or less uh, an exception. Like if you had, if you just had uh, Australian internet, if uh, that, if you had that, then it would probably be fine. Sure. But for me personally, it was. Uh, I, I realized that there is still a lot of potential for uh, a better user experience for Bitcoin Cash, which yeah. really will make ultimately all the difference in the world when we're trying to to push cash for. Uh, for everybody, um, if you can't compete with the user experience of a credit card, um, you're dead in the water. I mean, it's just, it's not going to go any further. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I realize, like, we have to be, we don't have to be just, like, credit cards. We have to be better than credit cards for people to adopt it. Good point. Uh, especially if we have volatility. It would be even better if we could get, um, if we want to get global adoption to have a uh, like temporary stable coin until like the dollar collapses or something. But um, yeah, then, then later after uh, Australia, I went to um, Tokyo actually because of some yeah, business there. And I went to a meetup and I talked with a Bitcoin.com guy and they were like, yeah, we had a look into like cards and offline payments. But uh, he, he explained to me some of the technical details which made it hard to, to do uh, to like pay offline uh, with cards, like the UTXO management and what if the merchant doesn't broadcast your mm -hmm. uh, transaction, then your card is bricked and all these, qu these quirks that traditional cards never will have. Uh, yeah. So I, I went, we came back from Japan. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, uh, okay, these are the problems. If, if I can solve these problems, then uh, we could um, potentially have smart cards. Who knows? So I had a look at Mark Lunderberg's posts. That that's like even more technical. It's called um, emulation of um, sick hash no input. Um, if anybody wants to look that up, and it's basically a non-functional prototype of what I came up with later. Um, I just added the nonce and the uh, payment calculation. And then I basically had the um, the Bcash 
smart contract. Then I, I published that. Published that on. I made a. I made a video about that, uh, which got very positive reactions. Um, Vinamani was like super super hyped about that. And it was like, dude, just get this on a card, like in his typical yeah, Vinamani. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, in his typical Vinamani style, uh, and and I did. Like I, I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like if this is on a card, this would be a game changer. And then I was able to get that on the smart card. Uh, these little plastic things. And I actually bought them from Alibaba. So it was surprisingly easy to get a hand on uh, like empty smart cards. And then there was the London Bitcoin Cash Meetup. Have you, uh, have you heard about that? Have we heard about it? We hosted it. We hosted it. <laughs> oh, you hosted it. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? Yes, we're on top of everything here. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yes. So, um, you know, for for you, this is you know, this is you've been over this a million times. Um, for our uh, uh, listeners and uh, for those people who uh, who may be hearing it for the first time, um, this is nothing short of revolutionary because. The problem that Tobias and others discovered in places like Townsville and and uh, elaborated upon in, in Tokyo um, that developers are, are seeing and and um, talking about is what to do offline. And so I think you discovered that a lot of these cards, uh, traditional um, um, credit cards, work essentially without the internet, right? I mean, that's their yeah from the center at least right right and so that allows them a certain flexibility that say it's it's weird to think of the internet as the as the fragile part of or the the attack vector or you know however you want to put it the yeah. the problem of an internet based money but uh, essentially there there you have it and so it's it's such a compelling video, and we'll link to all of uh, all that uh, uh, Tobias here is, is speaking of um, in the show notes. But it's such a compelling video because e even if you don't instantly get what he's doing, if you just read the comments, people are just like whoa, they're just freaking out. And then that leads to a Bitcoin Cash meetup in London with none other than Bitcoin Jesus, Roger Veer. Um, you've got uh, Nick there. Whole bunch of Roscoe, people. right, right, uh, Roscoe Callis, and a whole bunch of people there, and uh, it's, it's quite a large meeting. There's a hundred, uh, something like a hundred people in attendance, and uh, then then what happens? Yeah, it was it was amazing. So after like these three three talks, I was the last talk. I I already was pretty drained of energy, and then it was my turn to do the talk. Uh, I don't know, I, I kind of got jet-lagged, I don't know how, but uh, probably the air. And then I made one, my talk was, um, it was interesting because I was presenting uh, in the best way I could and people were laser-focused, like all eyes were, were on me and they, were, they wanted to see this new idea that I had with the smart cards, with being able to make payments um, that was pre that previously wasn't possible to do on smart cards. Right. And, and give, give yeah. And and on a like right. the cherry was that I was able to do a live demo of the card with Roger Ware. Uh, that was that was just amazing. It it really was, and to give people a sense of what a big hairy deal you were there. Uh, Roger had announced the two hundred million dollar <laughs> Bitcoin Cash <laughs> ecosystem fund. And people are like, okay, that's good. Anyway, so Tobias, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, so the, I never thought about that way, yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I was blown away. I was like, can we go back to the fund a little bit? Um, but yeah, yeah no, the, the card is, is it, so Roger essentially, and you demo it, right? Now, were you nervous at all that the thing wouldn't work? And you'd be like, damn it. Yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, this is going to work like 50%. Like that, that was the percentage I gave it because for my personal testing. And actually, like I actually, if you watched the video, I accidentally closed the app. Then I had to restart it and uh, do some word salad in between. And, uh, but, but then it actually worked and it immediately showed up on his phone. So uh, 
I was very happy about that. And if you if you <laughs> if you watch the video after after my um, demo, I, I my next slide was a video of me showcasing it where it actually works. And then I was like, oh yeah, in case this didn't work, this would be what we would watch now. Yeah, <laughs> but I could I just it. skip skip over that. Just a little bit of misdirection. Now, I'm. <laughs> telling you i'm showing you here how it doesn't work let's look at the video where it does work <laughs> but the the live demonstration yeah. is is so powerful and you know i again i saw the reaction online and and we certainly wrote about it um what was the reaction there say say post your your demonstration when you're you know having your martinis and uh, james bonding in in london there uh, in the pubs and at the meeting what uh, what, what were people saying to you uh, so directly after the presentation, I was swarmed by people to like everybody had their own idea how to um, uh, how to do it, and there were some people from uh, Liberland that were very interested ah. in this thing because it would be cool to have like your ID card, and then you could maybe also pay with their merits. Um, that sure. that might be a cool thing. Um, some uh, other guys who were into SMS payments. Uh, we're like, yeah, if you, um, like Cointext is nice, but uh, they they basically store half of the private key. But if you could store the full private key on your SIM card, that would be even cooler. Um, but I, I'm not sure if that's uh, realistic soon. But um, yeah, there, there, was, there was so much interest. Then we went to the bar and had a blast with some beer, like with... Uh, Justin Bonds, the other presenters, um, Richard, and uh, some Bitcoin.com guys, and um, yeah, was was like really cool for for the amount of time I had because I actually was um, I had a deliverable on the same day at not on the next day at ten a.m. So I basically had to make the night through after the meetup to finish the deliverable because oh, <laughs> wow. the, the London meetup was so unscheduled. So like, um, uh, like it well, basically came out of the blue for me, but I was yeah. like, yeah, I, I definitely have to, I, I have to go there even if, if I have to make the night through for, uh, the other thing. Yeah, it was, it was a, a giant, giant, uh, event last year. Um, one that, uh, that cannot be underscored enough. And, uh, again, uh, Tobias's um, uh, presentation was sort of the key event. Uh, Almarisa Shea, the lead developer for Bitcoin ABC, was supposed to be the, other than Roger, sort of the highlight of uh, of that meetup. And then when Tobias was announced with uh, uh, Roscoe, uh, I was wondering how that would be received. And I, I think it, it went over gangbusters. But all right, so you, you do that. You show that it works. You show the, you know, proof of concept, basically. Uh, maybe even a little deeper. Um, where are you now with, uh, so is, is that what you're calling B as in B-E dot C-A-S-H, Bcash? Yeah, so I actually founded a company, Bcash UG, um, already. Um, so I want to turn this into a profitable, profitable business. And um, so far I've been more involved with like the legal stuff. But I also was able to work on more uh, like the cards and the smart contracts because the um, what I've been developing um, now and I think uh, should be working now, but I'm still uh, it's still under development is a SLP version for the contract and for the card. So that would allow anyone to put to pay with, for example, honest coin, and then you would have uh, you would be able to pay with, um, yeah, with US dollar, and then it would basically be a, a credit card. Like there would be no um, difference. You wouldn't have any volatility. You would uh, you would use Bitcoin Cash as a payment network, but you would pay with literally US dollars, and then I think that could get that could get a lot of traction. I, I totally agree, and I'm I'm my mind is kind of exploding now because essentially what you might have done or, or even stumbled into, um, if I'm being less than charitable, is the fact that 
you've created a credit card, quote unquote, without a bank. Yeah, you, it's, you, it's your bank account. Yeah. Exactly. And you've essentially solved the, what we'll call the, the Townsville problem, right? Yeah. So uh, you, you get a um, wallet that costs a couple of dollars. Um, which is like a bank account. You can pay at uh, Bcash point of sales or any other point of sales that are compatible with the protocol of the card. And um, you can you can make it even crazier. So if I was able to blow your mind, then uh, you might you might get some uh, cover prepared because uh, <laughs> I actually prepared an affiliate system for both the card and the point of sales system. This is still under development, but at least the smart contract has it included. Which uh, so if you like uh, if you get a card. Then you can put, if you get like a hundred cards, then you could put your own address in there and hand it out to a uh, hundred of your friends or whoever. And then uh, anyone who does a payment with that card, um, the merchant will pay a, like 0.1% or whatever I'll settle on as an affiliate bonus to you in your wallet. And you don't even have to have to ask B.cash for permission. You just uh, do it uh, with the app. You order the card, you put your address in there, you, you hand over the cards. And the same thing for the point of sale system. You, you, you um, distribute the point of sales to a merchant and every merchant um, that you hand over the point of sale system or install the app on their um, point of sale system. You put your own address on the point of sale system and then a very small fee for every single payment gets to your own wallet and you get a small bonus. And that way I think you could, um, you could finally have uh, people getting paid for uh, getting adoption of uh, Bitcoin Cash. Wow. Yeah, that is that is a major piece of the puzzle potentially because incentivizing merchants to to take so there's all sorts of issues about underwriting and you know this doesn't necessarily solve that but uh underwriting and and uh, all the different you know legal hurdles and so on but one of the major incentives just to have that first conversation with the merchant is you know w what good does this do so if if they could essentially do what you're talking about here and just the affiliate idea, which is weave it into themselves. So they, 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 you know, they in a sense are collecting, you know, on top of everything else, they're collecting even more. Um, that is, uh, that is itself uh, an incentive to, uh, uh, to, to take the card, to take Bitcoin cash, to take um, B cash. Um, and then you have a bunch of, you know, basically what you, we used to call a street team, uh, people running around with these damn things and going, Hey, you should use this. Hey, you should try this. Mm. Look how easy mm. Um, and do you have trouble with your crypto wallet when it craps out on you when you're trying to use the internet? You know, so this this solves that issue. So wow, yeah. that is huge, man. Yeah, and you would have someone who's more incentivized to like fix your problems. Like if if uh, Toby goes to Edward and is like, oh yeah, you should use this point of sale system, and then you call me a day later and be like, hey, this this thing doesn't work, then I'd be like, yeah, recharge it or something then uh, I will be more incentivized to help you because then my mm -hmm. uh, profits will be like gone. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, one thing I would really want to get on the card is to like put, put the, the, so that it becomes really scalable to put the affiliate onto the card as more or less like a, a merchandise thing. So we could have a Edward card with some, I don't know, retro chili peppers and your face on it. And then you could hand it out to all your fanboys. And each time someone makes a payment, they first of all could show off their great support to Edward. And it would also make ka-ching on your own phone. I'm all for that. I'm all for everything <laughs> you just said. I'm for that. <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, you know, you could see uh, people who have their own recordings, um, music artists doing this, businesses, um, yeah. making vanity cards. I mean, the, it just it goes on and on. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of influencers who were very, who would be very interested in like getting something that their fans could both have as a thing and use as a thing, and that also makes the money. Dude, the the the, the tactile part of it, the 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 touching, the yeah. physical thing is, I I think you know, other than a phone, is is you know, 
arguably maybe what's lacking for some people um, getting mm. over the whole, you know, magic internet being concept um, is to, is to, you know, have and hold that. And if you could customize it somehow, uh, we just published uh, an editorial on appealing to uh, women as consumers and asking, you know, that they, whatever, you know, is coming down the pike, whatever's about to be shipped uh, from application developers and so on, that it be customizable, that it, it allow people to express themselves on it. Um, this, this meets that. So, um, mm -hmm. wow. Unbelievable. Um, very, yeah. very cool. So is that, is that where you are right now or is there even more that, that you can't say? So yeah, this is like my current goal. I, I hope I'll be able, uh, I hope I'll be able to ship something in the coming months because this is a lot, uh, of course a lot of moving parts like the smart contract the back end the mm -hmm. card the point of sale system the app on the point of sale system and all this uh, legal stuff um so it's still a lot of work luckily i got a bit of a uh, like the <laughs> bitcoin cash community is very helpful for me to uh, to get those things uh, like to ask questions and stuff like that um but there are like there are more ideas for me how you could and uh, like make that thing even cooler so right now the card is just in quotes just a wallet but um with bitcoin cash and smart contracts at the end of the day the smart contract is just a piece of code and you could um add, add more things to to the code so one idea i have for the future once we we have better features, like better smart contract capabilities for uh, Bitcoin Cash, like a higher opcode limit or uh, Mitra, maybe. Then you could um, have like an app store where you can install apps onto the smart contract. So for the customer, it would like it would feel like they would install an app onto the cart. Um, so you could have a last will uh, app where you can set the uh, your errors and the amount each error gets and the timeout or the you could get a, a shuffle uh, auto shuffling for privacy um or yeah whatever there 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 might be a lot of ideas that could be added onto the card as apps that you could install just like you're used to from an app store on an iPhone or the Play Store from an Android Unreal. Uh, I have kept you way over the half an hour that I, I promised, um, and I, I don't want to leave uh, anything out if, if, if I can help it. Um, you were part of the Nimbus uh, idea, um, and now it's Mitra. Can, can you sort of, I guess, give us a back of the envelope? How, how, do, you, how do you kind of explain the, the Mitra-Nimbus connection to all this? Yeah, after like slpdex.cash, I tried to figure out if you could do on-chain tokens like uh, ERC-20 style tokens on Ethereum. And then I kind of figured out that it wasn't possible actually. So I was, okay, I was like thinking, okay, what's the minimum number of rules that I have to add to Bitcoin Cash to be able to make native tokens on Bitcoin Cash, because tokens are extremely important, I think, for Bitcoin Cash. So I came up with something that I used to call OP Intro, which then turned into this preamble, which is basically a smart contract on top of a uh, transaction, um, which is different from uh, UTXO-based contracts. Um, then Anthony... Anthony Seegers asked about like script in general, what's like the roadmap, should we have a new script system? And that kind of got me uh, thinking, okay, uh, how could we, how, if we were to redesign uh, Bitcoin scripts with that, um, how, how could that look like? And at that time I was getting into WebAssembly and uh, then I was like, why, why, why don't we use that for Bitcoin Cash? It has, has, has all these nice properties like safety, fast, uh, and well-defined and it had some problems that i was able to resolve like the loop problem and then when i was in australia i actually had the opportunity to zip all of that into one thing i called it nimbus which uh, turned out to be not the best name for marketing because everyone and their cow names everything and their cow nimbus <laughs> 
But so I renamed it to Mitra uh, later, like a couple of days ago. Um, but what uh, Nimbus or Mitra, what Mitra allows basically is to do a lot of the things, not just tokens, but a lot of things that Ethereum, Ethereum cur currently uh, does mostly, um, like oracles and like oracles is already possible, but like this, uh, this uh, chain link type of oracles uh, on-chain uh, exchanges, which I think would be very, very important for the cash use case. Especially if you like, if you want to go to Australia and they only accept Australian dollars, but you only have uh, like schmeckles, then you could exchange them on chain for Australian dollars, and they would directly receive that trustlessly and um, uh, non-custodially. And um, and what Mitra does different than Ethereum is that it embraces all the properties of Bitcoin Cash that make it uh, super scalable, like having a UTXO set, uh, having stateless transactions, having canonical transaction ordering, which has been a bit of uh, like uh, this caused a chain split partially, but it's an ex extremely powerful property of Bitcoin Cash to have uh, canonical transaction ordering. And then on top of that, it just adds a few more relatively simple features compared to like what Ethereum allows uh, that don't at all compromise on these great scaling pro uh, properties um, that I that I just outlined. Um, for, for example, one thing Ethereum is has a big problem is that um, when you receive a block, you have to validate the entire block from the start again, so you, you can't really rely. You may, may, maybe you can do some optimizations, but in theory, you have to do verify the whole thing. Whereas in Bitcoin Cash, all transactions already usually, if you have them in the mempool, they are already verified. The only thing you have to check is if the if any of them have a double spend in them, and with kind of canonical transaction ordering, that becomes a very trivial. Um, like a computer science thing that I guess uh, uh, like anyone with who's able to do Redstone and Minecraft should be able to uh, solve. Um, and yeah, and that way we can have these more powerful smart contracts and it would uh, allow to have to, to build really complex systems which like interact uh, like different transactions rely on each other they can send message transactions between each other of course all of that is still like very speculative and very uh, it re will require a lot of research but the community from what i've presented uh on in australia on uh, youtube and recently on reach.cash um it received uh, it was received much better than i anticipated and yeah, I think getting rid of the BSV uh, people really helps to have like a community that's really focused on making making useful changes to uh, Bitcoin Cash. And that that'll be my my my. Well, this will be my last question. Then you came over from Ethereum, and and you you very eloquently explained why. How do we get? So this is not the easiest question to answer in the world, but how do we get more? Tobias Rooks to come over to Bitcoin Cash um, to develop. How, how do we get more of, of what Gabriel Cardon used to call block stars? Um, how, do we, how do we attract more people like you? Um, I think having like two things, money, obviously. And the other thing, uh, and that like the money aspect that has been a big part of what uh, Omari has been talking about. And the other thing is cool shit. Like we have to have something that's just cool to develop on. That's new. That's something that, because um, a lot of uh, programmers, they are, they just want to do something that, they haven't seen before and that's uh, which is also why i got interested in uh smart contracts on bitcoin cash because it's something that people don't do uh or that haven't hasn't been done before and i think if we just uh, make the experience of using bitcoin cash uh, easier um 
like we're doing, uh, like Roscoe is doing with CacheScript or Tendo uh, Payne with uh, Spedden. And now we have different other tools that make it easier. Then I think we'll get a, a much bigger influx of really smart and talented people that people that are building MakerDAO on Ethereum right now, uh, or maybe Ethereum developers. That I, th I think uh, once we get a better support of um, like these tools like uh, Mitra and um, like Cache Scripts. Uh, then we'll see all, all the developers that are a bit like disillusioned of Ethereum that are like, okay, this is very nice, but it still has high fees. It's still not too scalable. And I, I love Ethereum. It's, it's a great project, but it has some issues. And people that, that aren't comfortable with those issues, they would be very eager to get into uh, Bitcoin Cash if it has the, like, friendly tooling. Wow, um, fantastic answers. Um, really appreciated. For those who want to follow your work, which I suggest they, they do if they want to know the future of Bitcoin Cash, um, how, how would they find you? Where, where's the best place to follow you? If anyone is interested in the development of Mitra and kind of got like interested into uh, VoIP assembly and uh, smart contracts and uh, being and maybe who just wants to be who's a talented developer who, who just wants to be part of the new transaction format, then just hit me up on a Twitter and we um, we can see if uh, if we could get some collaboration going. I, I have I had some talks with some people to acquire funding for Mitra to get it uh, to get like people paid for doing Mitra. So there might be there might be something that we could get going. <laughs>